Hey guys, what's up? Happy Friday and welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in this week for another episode of the B-Muse Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. As always, we're going to analyze, review, and discuss the latest news and dive into the past regarding movies, music, video games, and much, much more. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at B-Muse Reviews. And tune into the B-Muse Reviews Podcast each week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and to hit the bell icon to receive notifications that informs you exactly when our podcast goes live, as well as all other video content. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.musicaprojects.com. There you will find all important links to our latest podcast episodes, new projects currently available, and also previews of those currently in development, along with our latest blog posts. If there's a question or a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send them to bmusereviews at gmail.com with podcast question slash topic in the subject line. With all that out of the way, let's not waste any more time and get right to this week's news. Welcome everyone to the BMuse Reviews podcast. All right, and let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it this week, kicking it off with topic number one today. First set photos from the Madam Web production have leaked online, and they show off a classic-looking Daily Bugle car, so it looks like it's going to be a period piece in terms of possibly be set in the 70s, possibly the 80s, seeing this image. And an article from comicbook.com details the following, and I quote, not a lot is known about the story for the Sony movie. They've been trying to keep a lid on things as set photos continue to trickle out, but one thing is for certain, the movie aims to unify a bunch of threads in, in the Spider-Man mythos. From the mystery characters that Adam Scott and Emma Roberts are playing to Dakota Johnson's main character, there's plenty of spider business going on in Madam Web. Morbius gave little closure to fans, hoping for some larger Spider-Verse world buildings after Spider-Man No Way Home. It seems like Sony's next outing might provide some more breadcrumbs for where this is all headed, end quote. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's exciting. Not really too much is known about the movie. I myself don't know too much about the movie. I know that the movie is currently in production, and it's exciting to see. Big fan of all the actors involved. Uh, especially Adam Scott, his uh, most recent role in Severance. Definitely excited to see what this movie is about and what it's going to bring and how it does uh, possibly build a larger Spider-Verse within Sony. We'll see. We shall see. But definitely exciting. These set photos don't give us too much, but what we can see is that they look to be some sort of paramedics. There is a rumor going around that um, there could be a potential tie-in to uh, Peter Parker's parents being involved in this film, possibly being characters that, that pop up in this film. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. We'll possibly be paying those characters if they do appear in the film. So that's one thing to uh, keep an eye out for sure. But with that said, 
Not too much is known about the movie thus far. It is currently in production. Are you excited for the upcoming Madam Web movie? How are you feeling about it? What are your expectations for it? What are you hoping to see? Be sure to write in and let us know if you're watching on YouTube. Be sure to comment below and let us know your thoughts. And our next topic today, Star Wars Rogue One is getting an IMAX re-release with new footage of the upcoming series Andor. Screen Rant details the news in the following article and I quote, Rogue One will be re-released in select IMAX theaters alongside an exclusive look at the upcoming Andor series. The first Star Wars anthology series film, Rogue One, serves as a prequel to the original 1977 Star Wars film, A New Hope. Details the Rebel Alliance's first real victory against the Empire that is referred to in the debut film's opening crawl. Set a week before A New Hope, the film focuses on this group of rebels who in their mission together steal plans of the Death Star, the Galactic Empire's ultimate weapon. Now, per Fandango, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, will be re-released in IMAX theaters starting August 26th. The film's one-day comeback will additionally feature an exclusive look at its upcoming spin-off series, Andor. In addition to the announcement, a new poster for Rogue One was unveiled, end quote. This is definitely exciting, and you know, if you did not get the chance to see Rogue One, a Star Wars story, when it originally came out in theaters, I would highly suggest that you look to attend this upcoming IMAX re-release August 26th. If you're able to, definitely don't miss the chance to see this in IMAX on the big screen. I really, really enjoyed this film when it came out. Wasn't sure what to expect, but I know a lot of individuals that saw this film, myself included, were really surprised and also very pleased by the dark tones that they introduced in the film and the chances that they took it's it's a dark gritty war film and that's ultimately what it was that's what it promised to be in the trailers and and i was very pleasantly surprised and very uh, pleased with the result of how the film turned out and i would highly suggest that if you have not seen the film already definitely do not miss the chance to see it on the biggest screen possible in IMAX when it gets re-released on August 26th. And our next topic today, Saul 10 has been announced. The new Saul movie, Saul 10, is set for an October 23rd release and we'll see the director of Saul 6 return to direct this upcoming film. MSN details this announcement in the recent article and I quote, there's more Saul to cut through in, in 2023 as Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures have just announced their next installment of the billion dollar franchise will arrive with a new movie slated for October 27th, 2023. This will be the 10th movie in a highly successful franchise. The film will be directed by Kevin Grudert who helmed Saul 6 in 2009 and saw the final chapter in 2010 while serving as the editor for the first five installments and Jigsaw in 2017. Gruder is a fan favorite of the franchise with many championing his job on his two entries, end quote. Now, this is honestly surprising to me. I did not even realize that there were 10 Saw films to begin with at this point, but just as I was surprised that there are now 10 Saw films, I also remember that there are now 10 Fast and the Furious films, so can't be too surprised at this point. Um, now, I myself is not, I'm not a fan of the Saw franchise. I've seen the first 
five movies, I think, and they all blended together. I wish I had not seen them, to be honest, uh, past the first movie. Uh, the first movie I did, uh, I did enjoy. I can say that it's worth um, seeing at least once. But beyond that, I would not recommend any any of these movies. I, I personally, I could not. But however, I know that this film franchise has seen success, and obviously, they continue to greenlight films. So. They were making money some way, shape, or form. So kudos to everyone involved. Yeah, hope this film turns out well for the fans. Mainly uh, wanting to know, what are your thoughts? Guys? Are you a fan of the Saw franchise? Are you not a fan of the franchise? Have you ever seen any of the films? Which ones have you seen? Comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, be sure to write to us and let us know your thoughts. Very curious to uh, see what you all think about this news. Saw 10, the upcoming Saw installment is coming October 2023. And on a rather sour note, I must inform all of you that there is a Wizard of Oz remake apparently in the works. This comes to us from Yahoo News, uh, and I quote, we're going back to the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Blackish creator Kenya Barris will be writing and directing Wizard of Oz, a reimagining of the classic 1939 film. Per deadline, we all know the story from the 1939 film, but Barris is keeping the creative details close to the best. It will be a modern reimagining of the iconic musical. No plot details have been released yet on the Wizard of Oz remake. However, the modern reimagining implies that the film could be set in the present day, but it won't be the first interpretation of the now classic story. Barris's Wizard of Oz film joins a long line of Oz reinterpretations and remakes. End quote. Well, I've never seen any of the other reinterpretations and remakes. To be honest, I didn't know they even existed. This is this is interesting to hear that they are doing the Wizard of Oz. To be honest, uh, a reimagining and remake. I mean, hey. If it's going to be creative and it's it's a, it's a total reimagining and they want to uh, do something with it, by all means, run with it. But I don't expect it. I don't expect this film to be that great, to be honest. I really don't have any expectations for it, to be honest. I don't know what to expect. I don't know who asked for this. <laughs> um, but, hey, whatever. Constant reboots and remakes. Uh, man. I mean, not everything can be Top Gun Maverick, and uh, <laughs> well, I I, don't, I definitely don't expect this to be uh, anywhere near that. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, Wizard of Oz remake in the works. What are your thoughts? What are your expectations? Let us know. Next, it's been announced that the John Wick prequel series, The Continental, is now heading to streaming as its premiere window is finally revealed. This comes to us from MSN, and I quote, Lionsgate and Peacock have signed a multi-year deal for the Continental to premiere exclusively on the latter streaming service. Additionally, this three-part event series will be delivered to Peacock subscribers sometime in 2023. So now fans of the John Wick franchise have something else to look forward to along with John Wick Chapter 4, which dropped its first trailer at last month's San Diego Comic-Con. The specifics behind the Continental was moved from Stars to Peacock are unclear, though in an unofficial announcement, 
Kelly Campbell, president and Peacock direct-to-consumer, said that by bringing the prequel to the platform and putting the full power of NBC Universal behind it, the Continental will be the streaming event of the year. In his own statement, Lionsgate Television Group chair Kevin Beggs described Peacock as being the perfect home for the Continental and labeled it as one of the most highly anticipated streaming events of 2023, end quote. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to this show for sure. I am highly anticipating this streaming event. The three-part streaming event will debut in 2023. Definitely looking forward to seeing what it brings. I remember when hearing about John Wick originally, and I, I remember when it was out in theaters, and the marketing campaign, I don't really remember seeing trailers for it at all. Don't really think there was much of a marketing campaign, to be honest. Um... But I really regret not seeing this in theater, uh, seeing the original movie in theaters. Uh, I remember seeing the first one after a few months after it came out. I remember watching it and I immediately loved it. I showed it to as many friends and family members as possible. I was an immediate fan of the lore that they had created. And that specifically came from the Continental and just the underground and the, the, the overall John Wick mythos that they were able to establish, specifically through the Continental, which in a way was has been a character in each of the John Wick films, uh, in a way. Almost like, almost like Gotham City is to Batman, and the, all the Batman films. Definitely looking forward to seeing this series and seeing what it brings. Not sure if Keanu Reeves or Ian McShane and or both uh, actors will appear in this series but uh definitely looking forward to seeing what it brings and where the story goes and how it connects to the john wick series and john wick franchise john wick mythos and universe overall next in the news it's been announced that top gun maverick will be coming to digital in august the news is detailed by yahoo and i quote top gun maverick is this year's biggest movie by a considerable margin both in terms of box office and in the way it captured the cultural zeitgeist, and it now finally has a home video release date and bonus features details. The long-awaited sequel, made more than three decades after the original, was number two at the domestic box office just this weekend, and it was originally released in theaters back in late May. It has truly been unstoppable, but if you somehow haven't seen the movie yet, or want to watch it again, you'll have your chance soon enough. Paramount announced a digital release date of August 23rd, with the film hitting 4K Blu-ray and DVD release on November 1st, end quote. I'll tell you what, Top Gun Maverick is without a doubt in my top three favorite films of this entire year thus far. It's unbelievable. See this on the biggest screen possible. See it with the loudest surround screen possible. Turn up the volume, crank it to 11. That is the main way this film was meant to be seen. Absolutely love this film. Definitely waited way too long to see the original Top Gun, but definitely happy that I did see it and got to see this film. Top Gun Maverick in theaters, saw it multiple times, and highly, highly suggest that you do the same on the biggest screen possible and in the loudest environment possible. Definitely do yourself a favor. Gather friends, gather family, and do it the right way. You surely will not regret it. The digital release, August 23rd. 
Hey guys, just want to take a minute to give a major shout out and say thank you to the sponsor of this week's episode of the BMU's Reviews podcast, Marla Jean Boutique. If you are seeking a gift either for yourself or a loved one who finds value in handmade items, then look no further than Marla Jean Boutique. She has a collection of trendy handmade items including clothing, wine bags, jewelry, and much, much more. Use the promo code BMUSEREVIEWS10 at checkout to receive 10% off your entire purchase. Connect with Marla Jean Boutique on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Marla Jean Boutique. And be sure to visit their website at www.MarlaJeanBoutique.com. And once again, be sure to use the promo code BMUSEREVIEWS10 at checkout to receive 10% off your entire purchase. And now, back to the podcast. And next in news, the saga of Ezra continues. The Flash actor Ezra Miller issues an official apology over their erratic behavior. This comes to us from Yahoo Life, and I quote, Following a turbulent few years of erratic and sometimes illegal behavior, the Flash lead Ezra Miller has finally apologized for their actions. In a statement to Variety, the non-binary actor apologizes to fans and people they have affected and says that they are looking to work on mental health in order to get back on track in personal life and career. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment, Miller said. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life, end quote. Well, that's encouraging to hear, and you know what? I have nothing more to say on this issue. I wish nothing but the best for everyone involved. This movie is going to come out one way or the other, and it's just unfortunate that you know it, it got to this point. Definitely did not have to. I feel like this definitely could have been rectified a lot long ago. However, with previous Warner Brothers management and ownership, that just obviously was not the case. They, were, they stayed silent. It's good to know that there has been a resolution and there is looks like to see that there's a step in the right direction, at least in regard to this scenario. So we'll have to wait and see. And next in news, David O. Russell's film Amsterdam is going for an earlier release in October when it was originally set to open in November. This comes to us from Deadline, and I quote, Disney is filling the desert that's left at the fall box office by moving New Regency and 20th Century's David O. Russell movie Amsterdam to October 7th. The picture was previously scheduled to open on November 4th. The picture, which received a name title and dropped a trailer at April's CinemaCon, is set in the 30s and follows three friends who witness a murder, become suspects themselves, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. The Russell-directed, written, and produced film stirs a murderer's row of talent, including Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Robert De Niro, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, Taylor Swift, and Rami Malek. Amsterdam was originally the sole wide release on November 4th before Disney dropped Marvel's Black Panther Wakanda Forever on November 11th. Amsterdam will now share the marquee on October 7th with Sony's wide release of family picture Lyle Lyle Crocodile, end quote. Well, this is good news. I mean... 
I'm excited to see this film. I was excited to see this film based upon the cast that was involved alone. When you have a cast alone like this, it intrigues me enough to see what brought them to all the sign on to this project. So, and obviously the trailer from some from seeing the trailer, it looks like great fun. Uh, looks like a really intriguing story and I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. It's great to know that we don't have to wait another month to see it. it got pushed up now to October 7th. From November 4th, they will now open October 7th, the David O. Russell film, Amsterdam. Very much looking forward to seeing the film. What are your expectations for the film? Are you excited to see this film? Have you seen the trailer? If not, what are your expectations based on upon hearing the cast? Let us know your thoughts. Next in news, Netflix has released the first trailer for the upcoming Adams Family spin-off series entitled Wednesday. This comes to us from Yahoo Life, and I quote, Netflix released the first trailer for its upcoming Adams Family spin-off series Wednesday, rather appropriately, on Wednesday, August 17th. Starring you actor Jenna Ortega as the daughter of Morticia and Gomez Adams, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Luis Guzman, the comedy horror follows Wednesday as she navigates her years as a student. In the trailer, Wednesday causes chaos for her fellow students by dropping bags of piranhas into a swimming pool full of jocks and enrolls at a school that attempts to master her emerging psychic ability. Wednesday will be released later in 2022, end quote. And I believe it'll actually be released around October, uh, just in time for Halloween, which is perfect timing. So this is really exciting. The trailer was a lot darker than I had anticipated the show being, but it does. I think it's going to be the perfect blend of comedy horror and being directed, brought to us by Tim Burton. Who better to bring this series to life? I'm really excited to see this series. Wasn't sure what it was going to uh, look like, how it was going to come across. Loved the 90s Adams Family films, original Adams Family movie and Adams Family values two classic 90s films right there regarding the Adams family and so I wasn't really sure what to expect for the with this upcoming series but after seeing that Tim Burton was involved in the in the cast and seeing the first trailer definitely excited to check this series out this upcoming Netflix series that will come to us later in 2022 around October just in time for Halloween but be sure to keep an eye out for that uh, did you get a chance to see the trailer? Did you get a chance to see the first images that have been released for the series? Uh, if so, let us know your thought. What are you hoping that the series uh, turns out to be like? Let us know. And now this week, instead of an album review, uh, we're actually going to change it up. We're going to do a movie ranking. We're going to go to a top 10 movie ranking. And this week, we're going to look at my personal picks of my top 10 favorite James Bond films. Kicking it off this week and starting with number 10, Die Another Day. Now, this film was released in 2002 and was the last film for Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. It also stars Halle Berry, Rosamund Pike, Toby Stevens, Judi Dench, Michael Madsen, and John Cleese. So, I know this film uh, was, I would say, and I would agree, the weaker of all the ones that Pierce Brosnan had done in his tenure as Bond. However, this was the first film in the, out of the Bond franchise that I had personally got a chance to see in theaters. And I remember it like yesterday, getting a chance to see this with my dad in the theater. And I'll never forget that. Uh, the first chance, the first time you see a Bond movie in the theaters, you, you just don't forget that. You know, you're just captivated by the, uh, the action sequences 
and especially the, the opening song sequence and from beginning to end to the resolution of Aban completing the mission, seeing where it ended from beginning to end, just captivated by seeing the first Bond film, I Die Another Day, my number 10 pick in a top 10. At number nine, A View to a Kill, the last film for Roger Moore, my personal favorite Bond, ahead of Pierce Brosnan, my personal favorite James Bond, Roger Moore, absolutely loved Roger Moore as Bond. And A View to a Kill, definitely a classic matchup to see Roger Moore as Bond in his final outing, going head-to-head -head against the villain in the film, played by the one, the only, Christopher Walken. Uh, this film was quite interesting um, in terms of the uh, general scope and uh, the storyline. However, definitely a classic matchup with two iconic actors and also one iconic Bond theme brought to us by the one and only Duran Duran with A View to a Kill. Uh, a View to a Kill, number nine on our list for top 10 favorite Bond films. At number eight, Goldfinger in 1964, the absolute classic and my personal favorite out of all the Sean Connery Bond films. An honorable mention, I would say, for Sean Connery films is definitely From Russia With Love. Uh, another one of my favorites from Sean Connery. However, this is um, this would definitely have to be my personal favorite out of all the ones that Sean Connery did in his tenure as Bond. So many great elements brought to us in from Austin Powers as well from this film. This film truly did kick off, I think, the persona of Bond to new heights and came larger than, than life. And he really became a global megastar, Sean Connery. I did after this movie, and and so did Bond in terms of the uh, the the legacy of the character being established and a firm foundation that grew from thereafter. Next on the list at number seven, Moonraker. This was a really interesting film, and the villains the villains concept just never uh, ceases to uh, amaze me. In this film, James Bond finds himself investigating a mid-air uh, theft of a space shuttle. And discovers there is a plot to commit a global genocide basically this film is one that is definitely worth watching and roger moore delivers a classic performance in this film we also see the return of a bond villain which is the first time that we've seen a bond villain return in a movie at this point when it had this movie had come out in 1979 and Jaws, the one and only Jaws, had returned after appearing in The Spy Who Loved Me. After appearing in that film, he had reprised his role as the villain in this movie, Jaws. And that was the first time that that had occurred. So, definitely worth watching this film. Number seven on our list for top ten. At number six, another Roger Moore film, Live and Let Die. His first outing as Bond in 1973. An absolute killer theme brought to us by The Wings, Paul McCartney and The Wings. This was uh, this was an interesting film. Definitely an interesting film where Bond is basically sent to stop a diabolical heroin operation. He has to basically maneuver his way through a complex organization and there's a uh, psychic tarot card reader involved and a lot of like voodoo and witchcraft. It's it's actually a really interesting concept, and and I, it's it's really creative. And I'm always interested in the different avenues of these Bond films and where the story progresses and and the ultimate mission and the grand scope of the films and the the, the villain arc as well. The ultimate uh, head-to-head meeting at, at the end of these films as well and the resolution. So 
definitely one to check out. Live and Let Die coming in at number six on our top 10 list of Bond films. At number five, The Living Daylights, 1987 film, the first outing of his two films, Timothy Dalton, makes his debut as Bond. The Living Daylights is an absolute fantastic Bond film. I love this film. I love this Bond film. This is a very, very underrated Bond film, I think, is one of the most underrated Bond films. It's not talked about enough. In this film, James Bond is sent to investigate a KGB policy to kill all enemy spies, and he winds up uncovering an arms deal that potentially has global, major global ramifications. And there, I think this film does a really good job of towing the line between authentic, dark, gritty action sequences and also showing a, a genuine, sensitive side of Bond where he connects to this woman who he really adores and really, really develops strong feelings for. And, you know, it, it's just really well done. I think they tell a really great story. It's a really underrated film, and it's definitely a Bond film that you should see at least once. The Living Daylights, coming in at number five on our list. Coming in at number four on our list, Casino Royale, the first of Daniel Craig's films coming out in 2006. This is the film where, after first earning his double O status and an official license to kill, the secret agent known as James Bond sets out on his very first mission as 007. Bond must defeat a private banker funding terrorists in a high-stakes game of poker at Casino Royale. This movie is phenomenal, uh, starring Daniel Craig and Ava Green, uh, Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter, and Mads Mikkelsen is just fantastic. This movie is a must-watch. A must-watch. All of Daniel Craig's films are a must-watch. Quantum of Solace was definitely a letdown for sure. But all, I would say all of his other films are definitely worth watching at least once. You, just, you cannot go wrong. This Casino Royale is a... It's always a toss-up between his films and uh, which one's your favorite. Uh, but def, I would say uh, number, coming in at number four, Casino Royale. And number three, the first outing for Pierce Brosnan as Bond in GoldenEye. Originally released in 1995, GoldenEye stars Pierce Brosnan as Bond's first outing and also stars Sean Bean as well. This film is an absolute classic Bond film. This is an absolute classic Bond film. Uh, give us one of the greatest, greatest video games of all time in GoldenEye for the N64. This, this is just a great, great action film all the way around. Definitely one to make sure that you have seen. If you have not seen this film, Definitely make sure to give it a try. Don't miss out. I, I would definitely say this is the best out of all the Pierce Brosnan's films that he accomplished while playing the role of Bond. Definitely one of my favorites. Coming in at number three on our top ten list. Coming in at number two, Skyfall. Skyfall is absolutely phenomenal. This film, the third Daniel Craig film, Skyfall, originally released in 2012, stars Daniel Craig as James Bond and Javier Bardem as Silva. This film is absolutely phenomenal. This is one of the greatest Bond films and arguably the greatest Bond film to come out uh, next to uh, Casino Royale, which people argue uh, is also the greatest Bond film to come out to date. And I would have to agree with them. But it, on my personal list, it comes in at number two. This film is definitely, definitely one to not miss. 
uh, watch it immediately if you have not seen this film. But make sure to watch all the Daniel Craig Bond films in order. I will say that is the one thing that I would say is uh, is interesting. They actually made the effort to connect all the Bond films in a cohesive story that was told throughout Daniel Craig's tenure. And that's something they hadn't done before. But definitely make sure to watch all of his movies in order if you have not seen any before. So start with Casino Royale, but uh, you will definitely not be disappointed with either one between Casino Royale or Skyfall, that is for sure. And my personal favorite James Bond film coming in at number one for your eyes only. Now, people may say, what? Like, what happens is your favorite film? Out of all the films that you that you mentioned, Skyfall, Casino Royale, GoldenEye, I understand. This is definitely not the best Bond film to come out to date. This is just my personal favorite Bond film. Out of If I had to rank from 1 to 10, this is definitely the number one personal favorite James Bond film for me. Roger Moore being my favorite Bond, just the overall story. I, I've always really loved the concept of uh, the villain uh, or one of the villains in this uh, story. In this movie simply does not have any lines at all. <laughs> and I always thought that was really interesting. But ultimately, I remember not seeing this film for the longest time and and watching a lot of the other Bond films and always loving them. And uh, my dad originally told me that this is the first Bond film that he saw uh, in theaters that really turned him on to Bond and, and wanting to see more of the films. And immediately upon hearing that, I, I ran out to the, uh, I think it was Blockbuster at the time, RIP Blockbuster. But uh, <laughs> but I remember seeing this film actually uh, for sale on VHS. And I remember, I remember running to the counter, buying it immediately and watching it about 9,000 times. This film, still to this day, is uh, my favorite Bond film, and I could watch it over and over again and never get tired of it. I would highly recommend to check it out. It's a really good Bond film. It's being released right after uh, Moonraker. It's definitely a more grounded film, uh, no pun intended, but um, and it, it's definitely a nice story, a good story. I think it's um, it holds up for sure. Released in 1981 for your eyes only. Coming in at number one for my personal favorite of top 10 Bond films. Interested to know what your favorite Bond films are? Which Bond films have you seen? What are your top 10 Bond films? Which ones have you seen? Personal favorites? What are your least favorites? What are your thoughts on my list? Be sure to write to us and comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And that just about wraps up this installment of the Beamies Reviews podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at BMU's Reviews, and be sure to listen every week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like, leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the bell icon to receive notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast and all other videos are out. And as mentioned, be sure to visit our website, www.musicaprojects.com. There you'll find all the links to our social pages, links to our latest podcast episodes, and also be able to read our latest blog posts as well. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode of the BMU's Reviews podcast, so stay tuned for more. And as always, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.